Dive into the hive with Jen and Aaron and catch the buzz. The Business Buzz. They're sharing your stories of success and inspiration because queen bees and worker bees are always better together and there's enough honey for everybody. Network and thrive. Network and thrive. In the hive. The Buzz Waterloo. And we are back from a huge hiatus. Welcome back, Erin. Welcome back, everybody. How's you? It's been like, I don't know. It's not even, I guess it just kind of started with the summer. It's been insane. I've been traveling a ton. You've been traveling. You went to L.A. I did. I went to L.A. to see my brother. It was amazing. I want to go back right now. This weather, I'm over it. (laughs) Did you see any celebrities? No, I did not. My husband did see um, Bella Thorne going for a jog, though. Come on, really? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And um, he went to a basketball game and he saw Jack Nicholson. Come on, at the game? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't see anybody. Did you go to the game? No, only the boys went. Oh, uh, so you missed out on that. Yeah, yeah, I was shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about shopping in L.A. It is very expensive. Is it? <laughs> yeah, everything is. I, I made the mistake of thinking things were going to be cheaper because of the, like, it's American. Um, I guess certain states are, but L.A. is not. It is, um, like, it was $4 an avocado each. I'm like, whoa, that's expensive guacamole we made. <laughs> Sounds like sounds like Ontario grocery store prices right now. Yeah, exactly. No, it was great though. We had a great time. What's that grocery store that like all this Air One? All the celebrities are going to it right now. Did you see any of those? What's it called? Air One, like E R W H O N or something. No, I didn't see that. I did a lot of Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. Did you bring anything home? Um, food wise, a uh, big bag of jelly beans from a candy store. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. You have a beautiful bracelet on your wrist. Tell me about that. Yeah, my daughter and I, we got um, matching permanent jewelry bracelets, which I've always wanted. And um, we were at this big um, shopping center in, right in LA and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I need to get one. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love it. And since then, I have decided that I am going to start offering these at uh, Mirage Sugaring Studio. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I am going to <clears throat> come to you and get one because I just think it's beautiful. And Erin, uh, thank you because you just donated a permanent jewelry service to Santa's Little Hamper. Uh, so that's super exciting. That will be up. So this is a little bit of a a little bit of a, a, a spill here. Um, but that will be one of our 12 days of giveaways coming up on December 1st to the 12th. So um, I'm just going to plug my Santa's little hamper situation here. Uh, so we are collecting money and presents to support families locally. Um, and as you can see, our podcast little office here is full <clears throat> of presents right now. So those are all going to little kids in the community. Super excited about that. So we are still looking for more donations. We are on family number five now that we're working on, which is so cool. Um, And I haven't even counted how many children that is. But last year, we actually did 29 children. So 
Um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we can beat that. And we've actually got Santa himself coming in next week. And we're going to do some videos and some promotional stuff. Um, so thank you, Erin, for that donation. You're very welcome. That'll be um, great. So th those, those donations from local businesses really help us to... Uh, get the momentum on um, people donating to for actual gifts. So if you've got anything, uh, an unwrapped toy or some pampers or wipes or wrapping paper or anything that you um, would like to get rid of, please give me a call. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at MadeInKW or, of course, uh, at the Buzz. WR. Um, and we have Gata here today. Hi, Gata. Hi. Fine. <laughs> Let's try this again. So for those of you who follow us on Instagram, we have, we had Gata on a couple of podcasts ago and apparently we recorded the whole thing and it wasn't recording or it was, but we didn't do it properly. Yeah, it was sad because it was a really good one too. <laughs> so so we're re-recording, but I feel like <clears throat> I said to Aaron this morning, I think this is going to be a better podcast because like, I think that we've had a chance to talk a few times now because this has been messed up several times in a row now. <laughs> uh, so we've gotten to know you a little bit. Plus, I've watched a lot of your lives on Instagram that you do. And so I think that we'll just be able to have a better conversation anyway. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. be good. Yeah. So Gata, tell me, like Gata is a is a medium, a, a, a psychic intuitive medium. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do exactly for people who might not know what that is. Yeah, exactly. I'm a psychic intuitive medium. Um, I lead with the psychic intuitive part. I basically mostly do readings of people. So I can tune into a person and just tell them about what is going on under the surface in them, in their lives, in relationships in their lives. Um, and so that's what I do. And I also teach people how to do the same thing, how to tune into their own intuition and work with their own gifts. That's cool. And <clears throat> I love the fact that you use the word intuition, because I think that that's super important when you're talking about psychic ability and stuff. Because I think, you know, Somebody said to me the other day, and we got on the subject of psychics and um, things like that, and they were like, well, you know, if people were really psychic, how come they don't go and pick the lottery numbers and become rich? And, you know, how come they don't, you know, can't predict what's going to happen in a month and those types of things? So, so for all the skeptics out there, tell me what your thoughts are on those types of questions. Well, Basically, I think that they're a little bit like saying if eyesight existed, why do people get hit by cars? Because we know eyesight exists and we also know there's some limitations to what people see at a given moment. So the way that I think of it is we know the world is the way it is and psychic abilities exist within that world. And then we have to understand what they are and how they work within that context. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you for clearing that up. Um, and like, okay, so when did you first start to notice this gift that you had or this ability that you had? 
So I was raised a skeptic. So I love that you brought up skepticism as the beginning because I was a very like serious skeptic. I was raised to believe that kind of there's just sort of a weird thing some people believe in. Maybe they're scammers. I didn't think too much about it. But there's this, this sort of like box you put people in where you don't have to look too closely at what they're claiming to do. And I think I always had abilities to pick up things about people, but I didn't see them as anything specific. I didn't link them to psychic abilities. And then about eight years ago, I guess now, I started to just try to relax, which was something that I wasn't very good at. I think a lot of people are not very skilled at relaxing these days. And I was on vacation and I was just trying to learn how to like enjoy myself on a holiday, which I did not know how to do. And so I started to just meditate and also pay attention to what I felt in my body as I went walking through the streets of France and then Italy. And as I did that, I would have these very synchronous experiences. At first, I didn't think that meant psychic abilities are real, but through a series of experiences, I was led to start working with a psychic. I was shocked that he was able to pick up all these things about me. And then I started to just do these readings that he taught me how to do and see things that I shouldn't have been able to see. And from that, I was hooked. That brings me to the question, um, how do you read people? Do you, like I've heard of clairsentient, clairvoyant. Like, do you hear things? Do you just know them? Or do you see that, like, how does that work for you? I know it's kind of different for everybody. Yeah, so I do a little bit of everything. Primarily, it's a kind of visual spatial map combined with like feelings in my body. So for me, when I read somebody, it's like calling up a map of that person. And if I'm reading their body, then I'll map that onto my own body. Mm. Um, and so I'll feel things in places in my body. Like I might feel like, oh, there's something happening in your digestive tract or there's something happening like in your left side. And it's usually very specific. These that things. is so cool. <laughs> Going back to like intuition so <clears throat> question for you you know when you're you know let's say you're walking down the street and like I did this a lot as a kid and I and and I don't and so at what point do you differentiate your you know your intuition from knowing that something's wrong to paranoia like how do you differentiate those two things because I remember when I was a kid and I used to walk home from school and I think I, I want to say I was maybe in senior kindergarten or grade one. Like we didn't live very far, but I always had this fear of getting kidnapped. And, you know, I would be walking down the street and I would be, I don't know, paranoid about somebody following me or uh, so essentially what I used to do is I used to like, you know, walk to the closest adult that I could find, like or, or older person around me and like pretend I was walking with them because I was, you know, freaked out that like I would get a bad feeling that somebody was following me or somebody was going to kidnap me. So like at what point, you know, whether you're a child or an adult, do you differ? How can you differentiate what paranoia is to, um, you know, what actual, you know, following your intuition is? Yeah, I, the, the first and most common thing is that fear feels emotional. It feels like fear. So it has a kind of affect to it. Like it will have that quality of fearfulness, whereas intuition usually doesn't. So it will come through as clear. And 
how these things feel in somebody specific, like your body, my body might be a little bit different. So the way that I like to think about it is you want to learn your own internal language. What is that experience for you? And you do that just by noticing. So for me, I used to have these certain like uh, intuitions, for example, that a light would change color and that it would be red or green when I got to it right. and that would happen at in like my lower abdomen and when I tried to make that happen it would happen I could make the feeling happen and I couldn't tell what's the difference because it's accurate when it happens like spontaneously right. but not accurate when I'm trying to make it happen and then I realized that oh actually when I do it spontaneously, it's happening in my lower abdomen. And when I'm forcing it, it's happening in my chest. So I'm recreating the sensation, but in a different place. And so that's another thing you can look for. Where does fear show up in your body? And where do intuitions show up in your body? And often it's lower down in the body when it's an intuition, like you'll get it in your gut. Um, but that's not always true because some things will come through as like you're picking up on somebody else's thoughts or something right. that's going to happen and yeah. that will happen in the head area. So the key is to always look for uh, synchronous, um, like con continuity with reality, like test against did something happen and what was the difference when something happened? What was the difference in that feeling from when it didn't turn out to be real? I had a really cool, well, weird experience when I was oh, probably 19 years old. I was going, used to go tanning, and tanning beds, guilty. Uh, <laughs> and I took my boyfriend's car, and I remember getting in the car and thinking, take a moment and put on your seatbelt. And I was like, in my head also like, nope, I'm going to start driving and then put on my seatbelt, right? So I did that, started driving, put on my seatbelt, and about four blocks away I got in a car accident and I always think like that was my intuition saying take a pause put on your seatbelt and then go like I, I had my seatbelt on when the accident happened and that like was fine it was probably like two seconds difference but I feel like I wouldn't have started driving therefore I might not have gotten that car accident and I always think back to that and be like that was my intuition so now when I get those little things that pop up in my head I listen to it yeah and it, it's pretty cool um yeah. When it happens that way, you're just like, oh, okay. Um, I'm going to listen to what you have to say because it, it, it makes a difference, right? I, to I totally, like, I, I agree with you there. And I think that if you didn't have your intuition, like, you would make a lot of bad decisions in this life. But I also think sometimes, like, I don't know, for me, you know, when I'm thinking about things, I'm just like, okay, you know, am I just being a pessimist and thinking about like the worst things that could happen because I am like a worrier by nature, 100%. But like also, am I or am I, you know, is this is some is my gut telling me something telling me not to do something right. And I think that we can be sort of like willfully ignorant to a lot of things too. And just like not think about certain things that you know, are wrong or you shouldn't be doing or a decision that you shouldn't make but you do them anyway like and is that your intuition or is that just your paranoia again right like so it's it's, it's really hard to decipher so is that a service that you offer coaching people how to tell the difference between those things yeah that's ex exactly what i do when i teach people to work with their own intuition so i call what i do teaching intuitive practice i think of it as a practice of learning your own language mm -hmm. and the whole practice is based on just relaxing and noticing so that because sometimes a thought will pop into your head mm -hmm. and that will be something that's about to happen but when but 
I think of people as very intertwined. So sometimes you might just pick up on something somebody's about to say to you. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the same thing, even if it's intuitive. Oh, you're picking up on somebody else's worry, right? I pick up on people's anxiety all the time. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What's happening to I don't me? want that feeling. Yeah, but you can... Take it back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just everybody, please take their feelings back. But, you, but when you learn to notice it, you can learn, oh, that's not mine, or that's coming from here, or that feels like a worry. And you actually just learn to pay attention to and realize what those feelings actually are in your body how they feel how do you not stress yourself the hell out like if you're around people all the time I mean everybody's got issues in their lives there are so many terrible things happening in the world right now like I would say you know financially the world is in a crisis like you know people are struggling right now so when you're around people just personally like hanging out how do you keep yourself sane while picking up on everybody else's crazy energy that you know everybody else is going through I think it's easier for me because I've trained myself to know what is mine. So most people are pretty sensitive. So most of the time people are actually picking up on stuff. We're just not aware of it. So if you go into like a situation where people are very stressed, you're going to feel that stress. You're just not going to know, is that my stress or their stress? Right. But I can be like, oh, that's not my stress. I can identify, oh, somebody just like just the other day I was in the grocery store and somebody walked by me and I was like, wow, they are having a hard time. I do not know exactly what was going on for them. I didn't look into it, but I could just feel it like a sort of breeze walking by me. But I was able to know that I wasn't distressed. They were distressed. So are you able to kind of turn it off then or you just acknowledge and let it pass? Um, depending on the day, I might be more centered in myself. In On that particular day, I'd been doing a lot of readings. I'd just been at a fair, so I'd been reading all day. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit more ambiently tuned in to yeah, just the people, people around mm-hmm. me. Um, but a lot of the time, I try to keep it sort of keep to my own energy just so that I'm not... Like, getting tired by experiencing it would be exhausting like I can't imagine somebody else's well I guess you know like you said like other people's energies do like reflect onto you and I can tell you like when I'm hanging around somebody who's having a bad day I know it like I can feel it but maybe like you said maybe you can't differentiate what's yours and what's theirs and then you have that just kind of negative feeling like you're brought down by it too right and that's that's the whole thing um so you do like different types of readings um coaching um so tell me like what is a if somebody was to go on your website and get a reading from you um what can they expect like what does that service look like for me, it's really like a conversation. So I always start with telling people that they can either just ask me to tune into them and I will tell them what I sense about what's going on for them in their lives, like just what's coming up in their energy. Or we can start with a specific area of their life, a specific question. And the way I think of it is I'm kind of like this sensor that you sort of point at whatever you want me to look into. And that's what we talk about. And from there, it's very conversational. Like people can just bring up questions. They can say, oh, okay. Can you actually look into this? Can we change directions? And people can say as much or as little as they like. I've had clients that come in and they're like, I don't want to give you any information. So I just basically talk 
for the whole reading. And, you know, that's a little unsettling sometimes because you're like, oh, what's, am I, is this good? I, I love being told, oh, good job. But, you know, it's also fun because that's a kind of a challenge. You're not getting any responses. So you're just focused on the energy and what you're receiving. And sometimes people like to talk for a long time. I've had clients come in and they want to talk something through. So I'm giving insight, but they're actually just... Uh, talking about their experience for a large portion of the reading. So let's say you're reading somebody and you are sensing something about them. Let's say it's a health question they've given you and you're sensing some bad stuff. Like when when you get that feeling that you're you know something that they don't, whether that be about their health or their relationship or their financial situation how do you go about ethically sharing that kind of information with somebody well if somebody's asked me about something like that I try to say what I sense if it's about health and there's something that I feel like okay that they should look into I have told people like oh you have something like recently told somebody in a live reading you have something in your like left ovary area left side and you should probably see your doctor about it um Mm -hmm. i'm very careful to say you should work with your doctor for anything yeah you're not gonna go like oh i see cancer no no. (laughs) you're you're not gonna do that but would you is that something that you would like when you're picking up on these things like okay let's say it's something in the stomach would you say would you know that it's like a cancer or would you know that there's something there or would you just like you said I know that there's something in your stomach like go check it go get it checked out I don't know what it is like personally not that you're gonna tell them but do you know what it is like yeah I think you're saying like do you know but you don't want to overshare it's like oh god that's dark but you don't tell them. Yeah. So I'm going to break it to you lightly. <laughs> this is what I'll tell you, but I actually know what's going on. This is one of the hardest things yeah. that you have to deal with. So pretty much every time I've done this kind of thing in a reading, I've been very lucky because it's something that people already know about. So yeah. I've said, look, there's something going on here. And pretty much every time the person has said, yeah, I'm working with my doctor that wrote that, or yeah, I already know about that. So I haven't had to scare somebody like that. There was one occasion with a like a friend who asked me her mom was getting tested for cancer, for breast cancer, and she texted me. And because it was a friend, mm-hmm. I did sort of see what I sensed about it. And at first I was like, well, the left breast seems okay. And then she said, "The what about the right breast? Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I didn't know what cancer would feel like. Yeah. But I was I had the sense, yeah, that feels like cancer. And yeah. she, her mother was already getting tested. So I was just like, that definitely seems like something you so should look into. In that case, is it do you think maybe you pick up on their energy because they are aware of it type thing? Kinda like, you know, if I say I was worried about my um stomach let's say stomach and I'm like I'm worried about my stomach that you're picking up off of that because I already know about it kind of thing does that make sense opposed to someone who's completely oblivious and you're like whoa this is a thing and they're like really no way kind of thing I I don't know I think that you can tell things about people from their body because I know that people do that but that would be my sense that mm-hmm. I could do that yeah but I don't ha- I don't have a specific case yeah yeah, yeah yeah I don't have something where I can be like okay this is yeah I'm just like thinking like my one uncle he had um he didn't know he went to his um reflexologist yeah. and he was getting some stuff done they were feeling his feet and um 
he had no idea and then she said does the like do you have a cold right now or something wrong with your lungs and he's like no she's kept persisting she goes you need to go see the doctor about your lungs so he actually had asbestos caused cancer and Mm -hmm. he had no idea he had no symptoms of it until she was feeling his foot and a certain part was tender and it just like blew us all away because it came out of nowhere he was super healthy it happened to be from um, yeah asbestos like working with stuff like that yeah but it was so that just was like there's something to this like you know it made me yeah because he was very holistic as well and more natural and that kind of thing and it just it was really neat to see obviously sad but yeah um i think of it as a little bit not like a technical like ability based restraint but i don't work in a medical field Mm -hmm. exactly so i try to be very careful if i was working with a doctor like i would maybe work differently i've heard of medical empaths who work with doctors um and that's an interesting Mm -hmm. line of work like Mm -hmm. and technically i know that i can be quite specific about what's going on like i've pinpointed like the specific ovary where somebody's having yeah. a problem somebody once asked me in a live reading uh about their hearing loss and I just that was it like can, what can you tell me about your hearing loss mm-hmm. and I was able to read that and say okay it's not in the eardrum it's about the connection with the brain which turned out to be true mm-hmm. um and then with that the thing that I like to do is redirect to whether there's any kind of emotional part of the work Mm because that's where I think my specialty is um but I'd be interested in working with a doctor I just like to be very careful about you'd have to be like I I can only imagine because just even being a doctor and um like so I I did have uh like a low-grade cancer when I was 36 and when I was working with the doctor the original doctor that I was working with that told me I didn't have cancer the specialty doctor um like he had zero bedside manner right so and so like even though there was not well there was things wrong but he was telling me that there you know what there was no cancer he delivered it in such a way that is terrifying right and then when I switched doctors and I had a nice doctor who was delivering that information to me like it was absorbable like he was he could you know, give me that information, but in a way that made me feel like nobody wants to get that info that told that information. So you felt better hearing that you did have cancer from a nice doctor than hearing you didn't have cancer. Yeah. Well, not maybe not better, but I get that though. It is the way that it is delivered, right? It's the delivery. And I think a lot of medical professionals are just so, you know, they're great at what they do. But they're not, they don't have that emotional connection with people. And they, a lot of them just don't have the ability, right? They're, they're very straightforward. And, and that's why I think when I think that there are a lot of doctors that are just very smart, but again, they don't have any bedside manner. So that's why they're not sensitive. <laughs> they're not <laughs> sensitive to your, to your, you know, empathetic situation, you know, your situation, because they're just delivering that kind of information all day long. But yeah. somebody like you, you know, can probably, you're feeling it, right? So you can probably deliver that in a little bit of a of a more encouraging way. Possibly. <laughs> it, it reminds me, have you ever heard of um, how dogs can sniff out cancer? Have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard that. And that makes sense because they can, I feel like they pick up on energies, right? And things smell different and cha- like changes. And so it's not surprising to me that some people have the ability to do that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah crazy yeah it's weird because the the thing about the medical model is that it doesn't really have a space for the kind of work I do like we have this idea that bodies are 
things that you sense with five senses and that's how we're getting our information about the world and the problem for me is that that does not account for the things that I'm regularly doing when for example I do a reading on the internet somebody comes onto my live I can't see their face I, I maybe they don't even have their real name on it and then they ask me about like another person mm -hmm. and somehow I'm able to give them some accurate information about like what's going on in their dynamic with that other person like even you know how the emotional sort of like behaviors are coming out in within the other person that I can't see and it's one removed from another person that I can't see and I can say she's done that for me on a live <laughs> well it was so cool. <laughs> Last time we we recorded this podcast, we we actually had Gata read you live, like here in the studio. Um, do you want to do that today? I mean, if she wants to, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, like, let's move this so she can look at you. Gata, help yourself to a Timbit. We are like <laughs> super, uh, super low key here. So we're just gonna eat Timbits and and uh, chat here because. Um, <laughs> I got a lot here. Uh, so, Erin, do you have any specific questions for Gata? Um, I'm just going to be an open book. She can uh, do what she needs to do. Pick okay, up on whatever so, I'm throwing out there. So it takes me a moment yeah. <laughs> to just tune in. Um, So the, the feeling that I'm getting is that there's like a specific thing that's, and it's a bit hard to tell because it feels almost like you're shutting it out, like you don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's very pressing. Um, and I have the sense that it's, it's related to people in your life. It's related to, um, like family of some kind but not like your parents it's like uh more like partner type or yeah um and so there's this sense of stress there uh. <laughs> yeah and this is the thing i don't sometimes what comes up goes right into like a sort of personal area yeah. this is always a problem oh, the in-laws <laughs> pardon the in-laws they're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> no they're not yeah oh, okay but so there's definitely stress so, like i mean yeah yeah there's stress over on that side oh, okay so it's not your parent that's why it's your in-laws uh that... i mean so it could th be like my sister-in-law brother-in-laws mm. um so what i sense about that is that th the stress actually has to do with like how your partner is like navigating that though like you, okay. there's sort of a sense of your partner not <laughs> this is, again we're, yeah again, we're going right into this person <laughs> sorry hung <laughs> yeah sorry i've never met your no, partner that's fine. uh but there's a sense of there's a stress there but there's also like a lack of like participating in the in the actual helping you with yeah. your partner and that's why it's sort of like you want to shut it out because you want to deal with the stuff that's going on like like your life with your partner yeah but there's some way that your partner kind of needs to step in is what i would say yeah. And so you're sort of caught in this sort of like, I don't, I think that's why the shutting out feeling is. There's yeah. some stress there. Yeah. Um, 
And it's, I think the stress is actually affecting your relationship with your partner because your partner's not stepping in and helping you and sort of leaving you is mm-hmm. what it feels like. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a sense of like you being in this, it was weird because there's like two levels of the dynamic. Um, but I think it has to do with like, uh, yeah, your partner's kind of way of dealing with family is not the same as your way of wanting to deal with family. So there's sort of a disconnect in like the communication you want and your communication your partner wants to like do. (laughs) Uh, That's so true though. We grew up very different. Yeah. Um, So his side, yeah, yeah. We'll chat offline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. This is the problem. You kind of, this is what came in in the stress. I didn't mean to. It's fine. It's fine. It's funny because we actually did have, I'll just quickly talk about Thanksgiving. Um, So Thanksgiving, we had two Thanksgivings planned. One with extended family on my side and one with my parents. Um, His family this year, we hadn't heard anything. Now that should have been him calling to see, are they doing anything? But he didn't. So they called his mom called on the way to my thanksgiving and it's like come up tomorrow we're gonna do something and i'm like we have plans and it was very annoying because i knew it was gonna happen and then it kind of wrecked our plans and i'm just like i could have called this from like you know i knew it was gonna it all worked out in the end we ended up having three and it was great but i was like yeah that's also on you you should have called to see if there was any plans so we could like plan accordingly but he never does right until yeah uh, I think that's why it came through as stress with mm -hmm. your partner because it Mm -hmm. feels like he sort of has this sort of like I'm just gonna not yeah (laughs) not communicate or not uh, not deal with something and there's a certain just way like some people just sort of yeah retract into themselves yeah and I don't think that has to do with uh like any like d- desire to be negative or to do that it's just yeah. like this is my coping and then he's uh, forgetting a little bit that he's now responsible for your communication with these yes. people and your sense I think you have a bit of a different sense of like how much you want to be on top of these things like yeah. it's very important for you to have this kind of like I know what's happening yeah I know what's going to go on everybody's doing well yeah and that's not something that he has like traditionally managed of like I'm just going to make sure always to be checking in make yeah. sure everybody's feeling <laughs> good that's sort of not his, no, focus. Not his focus so he doesn't know how to <laughs> yeah yeah no, but it's good. like different styles it definitely like. absolutely yeah it is yeah for sure that was great <laughs> you're like so please, please uh, stop talking about on the, my, on the next episode of this podcast <laughs> We'll be talking about Aaron's uh, looming divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Okay. Thank you so much, Gata. That was awesome. Um, If you would like a reading with Gata, she does offer them in different um, time denominations. Um, They are available on her website, which is gatajaneintuitive.com. And you can find her on Instagram at at Gata Jane Intuitive. Perfect. And uh, she actually does live readings as well on Instagram live. There's no cost for it. You can throw a question or Facebook and Instagram. There's no cost for it. You can ask her a question live on there and uh, you might get picked to answer. I know uh, my sister Steph said that she's been on a few times <laughs> asking some questions. Uh, and I don't think that she's listening to this podcast, but we um, actually bought our staff 
all uh, readings with Gata for Christmas. So they will be getting that as a Christmas present. So that'll be super exciting. And uh, yeah, so if you're looking for just an interesting Christmas gift, whether that be for your staff or for your family, um, she has beautiful gift certificates that you can pick up. Um, and just it's just a really unique gift idea, I think. So um, please make sure you get in touch with Gata. Um, if you have questions for her, again, reach her on Instagram. And thank you so much for coming back. I think this is the third or fourth time we've attempted this. I told you it'd be better. Yeah, we did. We Third time. It's a charm. Third time. We did it. We did it. Okay. So, well, let's just hope this all uploads good and we're good to go. If so, you will be listening to this podcast today. Um, So, hopefully, fingers crossed. And thank you so much for coming, Gata. And uh, I'd love to have you on again because this was a really great um, conversation. And I think that we could definitely expand on it. And this is like our longest podcast ever. Yeah, it is. It's good, though. So you get the award for the longest podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Gata. Thanks, Erin. Make sure you check out Mirage Sugaring Studio for her permanent jewelry um, that is available now. And we will see you next time.